Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor John Butler speaks from the subject of blessing your family. And now, here's Pastor John with today's message. Proverbs chapter 1. So while you're turning there, let me say this. Fatherhood is not an act of biology. There are plenty of males who who have shared their DNA generously, but are still not fathers. Some of them still not even men. If y'all excuse me for a second, just to opine. Fatherhood's not an act of biology. You can be a foster father. You can be an adoptive father. You can be a godfather in a sense that doesn't include organized crime and Italian restaurants. You, know? um, you can be a spiritual father. You, you, coaches can be fathers to their athletes. Teachers can be fathers to their students. Men can be fathers to the kids in their neighborhoods. Mentors can be fathers. Fatherhood is not an act of biology. It's an act of the will. When you determine to take on responsibility for somebody's development, for somebody's discipline, for somebody's well-being, no matter how long of a period of time you do that or at what level of influence, then you are fathering them. And so today I want to talk to all the fathers in every sense of the word And I think the things that we find in the Word today apply also to to moms and just to to anybody right out of the Word of God. Proverbs chapter 1, the first three verses says says this, These are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, the king of Israel. Their purpose, the purpose of of these Proverbs is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what's right and just and fair. And then in in chapter 3, the first two two verses of chapter 3 says, My child, again, he's still setting purpose. Solomon said, My child, never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commandments in your heart. If you do this, you'll live many years and your life will be satisfying. Father, we just thank you for the words of wisdom that we find in in the book of Proverbs. And we thank you, Lord, for your heart towards fathers, for your your, uh, clear advice and admonitions in your word. And I pray, Lord, today that you would open our ears as dads and, and, and just as people, Lord, to hear what it is that you're saying to us, to give us some tools in our hands, God to do what you've called us to do. Lord, we just bless you and praise you and thank you in in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, the purpose of the book of Proverbs, according to what we just found, and really the purpose of any right-minded father is the same. We just want to bless our families. Isn't that right, guys? We just want to bless our families. Solomon wrote this book so that his sons could live a long life of blessing and prosperity and favor. That's what he said right there in the book we just read. He wanted them to have a good life. Fathers want to bless their families. They want their children to be blessed. They want their wives to be blessed. If they're married, most of, you know, they they want their wives to be blessed. Men are are trying to be a blessing to their families. That's just what, that's what we do. Now, in the Old Testament, the concept of blessing, and not just the Old Testament, but in a lot of ancient cultures, 
The concept of blessing, the blessing of a father was formal and, and important. And it set into place authority and, and wealth and position. It was legally and spiritually binding. You remember Abraham blessing Isaac and Isaac blessing uh, Jacob inadvertently and Jacob blessing his sons and Joseph blessing his sons. It was a big deal. A lot of times the blessings were prophetic. They told what would happen to their children and their grandchildren through the ages. A lot of fights happened over the blessing of the father. Well, in our culture, the, 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 play, the, the blessing of the fathers kind of lost its place in some respects. But the concept of blessing our family should still be a part of what we do as dads. That desire is still in us and we should still want to bless our families because I believe that desire is placed in us by God. So, so dads, how can we bless our families? That's the question I want to answer today. And I think there are at least three ways we can do that found in the Word of God. And, and here's the first one. How can we bless our families? The first way is we can speak a blessing. We can speak a blessing. Now, I want to show you Colossians chapter 3 and verse 21. This is what it says. Fathers, do not aggravate your children or they will become discouraged. Don't aggravate your children or they'll become discouraged. Listen, y'all, y- y'all know I'm crazy, right? Don't have to say amen, but y- y'all know I'm crazy and I'm just, I'm just as crazy at home as I am here. I love to aggravate my children playfully. I love, I- I love to, to, to just mess with them and they love to mess with me. That's just, that's just how we do. It's how we communicate and express affection for each other. But listen, like Ecclesiastes says, there's a time and a place for everything. And there is a line where it's no longer good-natured bonding time. There is a line that you can't cross. And when you cross that line, it's hurtful and it's damaging. As Colossians says, it's discouraging for your kids. So you, you want to be a blessing to your family? Then start with the things that you say. Start with the things you say. Blessings can be spoken, and they should be. If you tend to aggravate your kids too much, then hear the word of the Lord. Quit. Stop it. Before you can speak a blessing of encouragement, you have to stop discouraging them. So I've seen dads pick on their kids, pick on their sons relentlessly, and then when the kid bucks up, they want to spank them or they want to yell at them or you know, they want to pull the don't disrespect me card. Well, well, that's discouraging for a kid because you're living by a different set of rules than you're holding them to. I mean, in some respects, you, you get to bully and aggravate them, but when the kid starts acting like you, they get in trouble for it. It's frustrating and it's discouraging and it's disheartening and it breeds rebellion, which leads to more conflict which leads to more negative words. And it's a vicious cycle that just repeats itself over and over again. And it kills relationships, and it crushes their spirits, no matter how old they are. So dads, we've got to speak blessing to our kids and over our kids as well. We have to speak life to them and to their hopes and their dreams. We have to be encouragers to our children. Look at Proverbs 18. This, this can't, I, I don't believe we can overuse this or, or, or I don't believe we can remember this too much. The tongue can bring death or life. 
And those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Words are powerful. Don't underestimate the power of your words in your child's lives. And listen, it's not just the hurtful words that are powerful. The positive ones are just as powerful when you repeat them regularly and sincerely. Death and life, the Bible says, are in the power of the tongue. So like Moses told the children of Israel, choose life. Choose life. You can still bless your family with your words. It doesn't have to be a formal deathbed proclamation. Lord, please don't wait till you're dying to speak words of of affirmation to your kids. We have a better opportunity than just a deathbed affirmation. We can choose to speak life into our kids every single day. So you have a choice to either speak life or to speak death. And we, and we got tools in our, at our disposal now that we've never had before. If your kids have a cell phone, just send them randomly. Just send them a text for no other reason than just to say, you know what, I love you and I'm proud of you. It'll blow their little minds. They'll call you immediately. What's wrong, Dad? You okay? Did you go to the doctor? You know, are you dying? No, I'm just proud of you. If they're younger, they don't, you know, just swing by their room one, one night and just tell them how much you appreciate them. You appreciate their help with the dishes. You appreciate the way they respect their mom. or You, you, you appreciate whatever it is, find something to speak life into them about. Because listen, what gets rewarded gets repeated. What gets rewarded gets repeated. You can choose to speak life to it or you can just let it die. Listen, a dad, a dad has a tough job, man. We're usually the heavy in, in the house, right? We're usually the one, you wait till your dad gets home, right? So even in those tough times, even in the tough situations, even when you're disappointed in your kids, even when you have to discipline your kids, there's still a way to handle that situation in a way that speaks life instead of speaking death. There's a way to handle it that deepens the relationship instead of damaging the relationship. But listen, we say we can be real around here, right? We don't always get it right, do we, dads? We don't always do it right. We blow it sometimes. We're going to get mad. We're going to say the wrong thing at the wrong time. No dad is perfect. No dad's perfect. But when you blow it, dad, there's still good news. There's good news because you have another chance to offer a two or to speak a two-word blessing to your children. Y'all ready for it? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know how powerful it is for your child to see you admit that you're wrong? It, it's amazingly powerful. So let, let, me, let me tell you, Dad, sometimes we're a little thick-headed. They already know you messed up. <laughs> so it ain't like you're going to be telling them something that's going to shock them. They already know. But, but when they hear you say, I'm sorry, it changes something and it gives them permission. It gives them permission to say it too when they mess up. It, it models for them humility. It models for them responsibility that, hey, I'm owning, I, I'm taking responsibility. I, I, I had a chance and I blew it and I'm telling you now, I blew it and I'm sorry. It, gives, it shows them responsibility and it shows them the priority that you place on your relationship with them. That it's too important that you're not going to allow your pride to interfere with that relationship. That when you're wrong, you're going to say you're wrong. You you, you want to bless your family? 
then show them how a real man handles his mistakes. And that blessing will last for a lifetime because those kids are going to make mistakes too and they're going to have to know how to deal with it. Listen, words are powerful. They're powerful ways to bless your family. But we don't always have to be talking to them to bless them. We can speak a blessing over them in prayer. Right? We can bless our families in prayer. What we say in prayer is powerful. Matthew's Gospel says, Jesus said that, that we have what we say when we pray it. We pray it in faith. We pray it according to God's Word. That what comes out our mouth becomes reality in our, in our lives. It's important that we pray and that we know what we're saying. And we say words that are going to bring life into our kids and into our families, especially when you pray in agreement with somebody, right? With a spouse, or if you don't have a spouse, with a close friend who will pray the prayer of agreement with you. Bless your family with words of prayer. Pray about their hopes and dreams. Pray about their struggles. Listen, you just can't ever tell. I know your little 10-year-old looking all crazy, and you're like, that kid, oh, goodness. You know, he wants to be a surgeon. or He's like, that kid is never going to be a surgeon. You, you have no idea. You have no idea what God's going to do. And I taught middle school. I taught a bunch of these little knuckleheads that are just blowing my mind now with the things they do. They're, they're awesome. They're incredible teachers and, and doctors. and I co- They're all kinds of crazy stuff that I never saw coming. You just can't look at a child and know what, what's on the inside. And you just can't know the power of of speaking life into a child and what God's going to do with the power of your words. If you'll pray for them, pray about their hopes and dreams, pray about their struggles, pray about their future spouses. It's never too early to start and it's never too late. It's never too late. Whether you're praying for them, whether you're talking to them or even talking about them, use your words to speak a blessing to your family, to your children. Here's the second way that we can bless our family, guys. We can not only speak a blessing, but we can serve a blessing. We can serve a blessing. John chapter 13, this is maybe the most powerful example of service in the Word of God. John 13, verses 1 through 4. Before the Passover celebration, this is the night that Jesus was going to be arrested before He was crucified. Jesus knew His hour had come to leave this world and return to His Father. He had loved His disciples during His ministry on earth. Look at this, and now he loved them. He wanted to show them how he loved them to the very end. So he got up from the table, he took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and then he washed the feet of the disciples. He washed their feet. On the night before Jesus was crucified, he wanted to show them demonstrate for them how much he loved them. He was, he was going to eat a meal with them, and he was going to institute what we call the Lord's Supper, and, and that's great, but he wanted to show them another way, a way that, that would bless them and a way that, would, that they would never forget. And so he took off his robe, and he wrapped himself in a towel like a servant, and he washed the feet of the disciples. Since, since the mode of transportation in that day was either, was either walking a, a, a barefooted or walking in open sandals, and they, they really needed their feet washed. And he did. He stepped up and did it, and it was a blessing to these men that he considered his family. Dads, if you want to bless your family, it's not just in what you say, but in how you serve. 
Jesus taught these guys a powerful example about leadership, and he gave us a powerful example about love. He had already taught them that if they want to be the greatest in the kingdom, they have to become the least, right? But, 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 he, said, but he said, now, guys, let me, let me show you. If you want to be great, you have to humble yourself. You have to serve. If you want to be a great leader of your family, if you want to show them how much you love them, then, then you have to not just speak a blessing. You have to serve a blessing. You have to serve your family. Now, Valerie is not here to... She's not here to agree with me, but that girl loves to have her feet rubbed. Any ladies can say, amen, about that. Love to have her feet rubbed. For the first probably 10 years of our marriage, I said, I don't do feet. Right? I'm just like, that's, that's nasty, man. I'm just, I just don't, I don't do feet. Well, this year will be 27 years for us. And, and, and guess what? Now I do feet. <laughs> yeah, I, I do feet. You know why? Because I grew up. I grew up. I got over myself. I realized a powerful truth. If you're a dad, if you're a husband, you're the leader of your home, you do whatever your family needs you to do. So I quit whining and started rubbing. Right? She's a happy girl. She's a happy girl. Listen, dads, you want to you bless your family? You get in there and you do what needs to be done, man. You serve. You sacrifice. You, you set yourself aside and you take care of the ones you love. It's, it's not just your solemn obligation. Listen, it's not just your job as dad. It's your privilege. It's an honor to serve your family. Listen, that's where memories get made. Those kids will never forget that. That's where character gets developed and gets passed down to your kids. That's when your family really gets what leadership's all about, what love is all about. It's serving, and they get that when they see that in you. I've heard some guys, well, I don't, I don't dance. I don't dance. You do if your daughter wants to go to the dance. You might be embarrassingly bad at it. But you just get your little tail right on out there on the dance floor because in that moment, that's how you serve your child. That's how you bless your child. I've heard people, I don't like sports. My kids ain't doing sports. You do sports if your kid wants to do sports because that's how you serve. I've heard, I've heard dads and moms fussing about their kids' activities. I, I hate band concerts, man. I hate going these boring little league games. I, I don't care anything about watching a bunch of seven-year-olds dance. or you know, I, These awards programs are useless, man. They just gripe about everything. At some point, you have to realize it's not about you. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter. You, you can be bored out of your mind for the whole rest of the day. Listen, that's why they put the internet on your cell phone. Okay? So that you can entertain yourself while nothing else is going on. But when your child gets on that stage or gets on that field or gets up to do whatever it is they're going to do, you put that phone down unless you're videoing or taking pictures and, and, and you act like you are witnessing the greatest performance in the history of the world. Right? You just, you give them, you fully present in that moment, fully engaged, fully supportive. And listen, they already know that you didn't want to be there. I mean, they probably didn't want to be there either if they weren't performing. But they recognize the fact that you're coming for them. 
that you're, that you're serving them, that you're sacrificing for them. And then when they do come, because you know they always come to see you after they perform or dance or play or whatever. They always want to come up there and wipe their sweat on you or whatever, you know. So you not only have a chance to serve a blessing in that moment just by the fact that you're there, but you get another opportunity to speak a blessing by bragging on them and by telling them how great they did. And listen, don't ruin it with criticism or coaching or correcting. Don't, don't suggest an improvement for, for, for their performance. Don't say, oh, you did good, but next time you... you oh, that was a good double. Man, if you'd have swung a little earlier, you gotta, you'd have hit a home run. Just let them enjoy what they just did. Just speak life into it. You know, there'll be a time and a place for all of that. But in this moment, just speak a blessing and be a blessing. You know, it's not lying if you don't say everything you think or feel in that moment. Right? You, it's not lying if you don't tell them some ways to, to improve. So just tell them how proud you are of them, how awesome they are, how much you can tell they've been working and practicing and, and, and training hard. Find something to brag on them. Because listen, this world is hard enough. It's hard enough. They're gonna, the world will find ways to tear your kids down. You build them up. You bless your family by showing up, by serving a blessing, by speaking a blessing. When they see you serve, Dad, it, 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 they learn some things that they, they learn that some things are more important than themselves. Right? When they see you giving up your time, your energy, your, your wishes to go somewhere else to do something else, they recognize, hey, some things are more important than others. Some things are, are, are more important than what you want. They learn that some causes are causes you give yourself to. They, they learn that some things are worth the effort and the inconvenience. They, learn, they will learn best by serving, not only seeing you serve, but by doing it with you. So don't just do it yourself. Take them along. Take them along. I, I'm convinced that my approach to ministry, and, and possibly even my call to ministry, had a lot to do with the fact that my parents served in church all the time. I mean, when the doors were open, we were there. We, we, were, we cleaned the church every Saturday night. We, we, we were the first ones there and usually the last ones to leave. My dad led singing. You know, we, he was a deacon. If, we had, if there was a work day at the church, we were there till the work was done. I was eight or nine years old. I'm working right alongside the, the, the men that showed up. I, that's, just, that's just how I was raised. I mean, we were choir and 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 christmas play and visitation whatever it was that was going on we were there we did it we helped it it, that does something to a kid it does something it does something great to a kid it instills a servant's heart it creates humility and hard work and service above and beyond yourself that's important stuff in the life of a child and the only way to instill that is through serving so when we announce opportunities to serve at the CCC or, or uh, uh, to help a widow through James 127, man, sign up and sign your kids up and take them with you. If, they're, if it's age appropriate, take them with you. Let, let them serve in our church and in our community. Let them, uh, let them recognize what it means to take care of somebody else. You, you want to bless your family, then, then you not only speak a blessing, but you serve a blessing 
as well. Here's the last thing. Be a blessing. Be or become a blessing. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 4 is another dad scripture. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. So this sounds a little familiar, right? But look, there's a little different slant. Don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them, but rather bring them up in the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Now this this passage is a little bit different than the one in Colossians. It still focuses on not frustrating and angering your children, but it's not just in what you say. This is more universal than that. It, It says you anger them in the way you treat them if you're not treating them in the ways you learned from the Lord. And that's not just head knowledge. That's knowledge gained from your relationship with God. You see, it's not enough for a father just to speak blessings or to serve blessings if you're not living a life of integrity, if you aren't who you claim to be or how you portray yourself to be, then you're canceling out all of the other good stuff that you're already doing. Because nobody wants a blessing from a fake and a fraud. And nobody spots a fake and a fraud faster than a kid. You need, dads, you have to, we have to be real men of God. Our kids don't expect perfect dads. They, they, they know that's not going to happen because they know they're not perfect either. But they do expect us to be honest men and be real men. So if we claim to be believers, if we claim to be Christians, then we, the way we raise our kids, the way we treat our kids if they're older, they should, that should flow out of our relationship with God. This verse says the discipline and instruction. That's love and limits. That's the grace and justice applied in the appropriate measures and amounts and times, just like our Father does for us. You you learn how to be a blessing to your family by by being a real, solid, sold-out follower of Jesus Christ. Because faith is more caught than taught. It's more caught than taught. It's not something you can just sit down and teach them out of a devotional book. They have to be immersed in it. They have to be surrounded by it. They have to see it, and you have to be it. They have to see it, and you have to be it. Now, Solomon, we read at the beginning, we started this message with some verses written by King Solomon. Solomon was gifted by God with wisdom supernatural wisdom to lead the nation of Israel to to judge even the most difficult decisions. And when he spoke, man, wisdom flowed out of his mouth. It was poetic and it was insightful and it was powerful. And you would think a man like that would have a legacy of godly sons and daughters that just happened for generations. But you'd be wrong. You'd be wrong. Something was disconnected. Solomon always said the right things. And sometimes he even did the right things. He built the temple, did a lot of great things. But what's evident over and over again in his life through the Word of God is that he did not embody the the advice that he gave. He didn't live what he preached. Solomon's character got compromised. He, he, um, He married foreign wives and allowed them to bring their foreign gods and set up idols in the land of Israel. He didn't just know about it. He approved it. He accumulated wealth. He accumulated power 
Although Moses, hundreds of years before, had said, now look, if y'all ever sin against God and get a king, don't let him collect a bunch of gold and silver. Don't let him get a bunch of horses from Egypt. Don't let him accumulate all this military might and all this wealth and stuff. Don't do that. And so the first thing Solomon did was just get everything he could get. Here's the point, guys. When it comes to blessing your family, this is an example of a man who said all the right things, who had all the best intentions, who gave all the best advice, but did not become a blessing to his family. His character flaws, his lack of integrity overcame his wisdom and his words. You don't have to be the richest. You don't have to be the wisest. You don't have to be the best looking. You don't have to be the slickest. You don't have to be the most powerful man to bless your family. The greatest blessing you can ever offer to your family is to demonstrate for them what it means to be totally sold out to Jesus, completely surrendered. Somebody said to me this week about, uh, about a person that they knew, they said, man, if we could just get the dad saved, everybody else, everybody else would be right behind them and they'd get straightened up. That house would get in order if we could just get the dad saved. And man, that's the truth. That's the truth. It's been proven over and over again. The research has shown it. I've seen it in ministry over and over again. The key to getting the family. We've always said this in the church, and it's wrong, that hey, if you can get the kids, you can get the families. Uh-uh. The parents are always willing for free child care. Right? Getting the kids don't have nothing to do with getting the parents sometimes. They're, they're fine. Parents are perfectly willing to drop them off for church. If you'll keep them, you'll watch them, you'll feed them, they'll come back and get them later. If you don't believe me, hang out on Wednesday night. Watch the cars that just drive through, slow down, push the kids out, keep driving, right? Sometimes mom will come to church, and sometimes she'll bring the kids, and sometimes moms will come to church by themselves. But if you get the dad, when dad comes to church, everybody comes to church, right? Dads, don't underestimate how important you are in the lives of your family. You're a huge part of your children's relationship with God. So let me ask you this, dads. How are you blessing your children? How are you blessing your family? What example are you giving them? Man, bless them with your words. Speak life to your kids. Bless them with your service and your sacrifice and the way you take care of them. But most of all, bless them with who you are. Be a blessing. Become a blessing to your family, a man of integrity before God. That's how you bless your family more than anything. Why don't you stand with me, please? Listen, dads, you, would you mind just coming up and letting us, letting us pray together? We, we dads, we got to stick together and encourage each other. I know we act like we got it all happening, but nobody believes that. We pray that you've been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast with Pastor John Butler. You can hear today's message in its entirety by visiting our website at covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. 
At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.